Near FM, the Near Drama Company present Riveting History by Pat Meehan. Episode 5. May I present the wonderful Madame Maud Garnet? The, the, the dead people. There's dead people all around. You're a fruitcake to fornicate. Get me out of here now, you mad bastard. Is that you, Willie? Have you come to propose yet again? Silly boy. Maybe this time I'll accept and put you out of your misery. But you're quite obscure in this infernal mist. Oh, dear... I hope it is you, Willie, darling, and not McBride. I simply couldn't bear to be anywhere near that odious man again. Ah, oh, Madame Maud, bon nuit. That is neither Monsieur Yates nor your long-departed husband, Monsieur McBride. Then it's you, Lucien. Oui, it is you, Lucien Millevoix, my old lover. No, it is not Monsieur Millevoix, malheureusement. Je suis désolé, madame. Je ne comprends pas. Who are you? Oh, do not upset yourself. It is quite reasonable for you to be a little confused and unable to understand. I am Henri de Fornicate at your service. I have never heard of an Henri de Fornicate. You are not one of the old crowd, that's for sure. What are you? An assassin, perhaps? Or maybe just some sort of common criminal. I assure you, Madame Maud, that I am no criminal. He's a madman and a liar, that's what he is. Who is this hooded creature? Is it the dark woman who used to visit me in my cot as a child? She haunted my dreams so, and followed me into adulthood. I tried to banish her, but she grew too strong. No, she is not a phantom from your past. This is my assistant, Marianne Monroe. Drop the hood of your jacket, please, Marianne. Let Madame Maud see your face. She's the fucking phantom from the past, and you want me to show my face so she's not fucking frightened? You fucking prick, you. Was it the hashish I took that brought me here? I sometimes partake too much of that strange Indian drug, and it makes my legs go numb and causes dreadful palpitations until I imagine that I'm on the verge of death itself. Please, Marianne, show your face. She needs to see that you are no threat to her. Ah, shite. Right then, if it means we can get the hell out of here. There. Are you happy now? What a curious-looking girl. I think I quite like her hair. What is it called, my dear? It is rather white, is it not? Even in the mist... It is quite discernible. Are you an acquaintance of mine? 
You do remind no, me of someone. Mrs. I'm only a figment of your imagination. Or shouldn't that be the other way round? Come on, Henry, will you? I want to get the fuck out of this bleeding graveyard before the security people come back. Oh, do not distress yourself, Marianne. They could not see us even if they stood right here amongst us. We are half in this realm and half in the other. So now what? Are we stuck here or something? Jeez, all them shapes and shadows are giving me the creeps. Patience, mon chérie. I must first persuade Madame Maud to join us in our little journey. We must have her agreement, or else we have wasted our time. Will you hurry up, then? We, oui. Madame, you have been summoned to help perform a great service for Ireland. A service of such magnitude, which will finally see your greatest wish fulfilled. The cause in which you struggled shall be realized at last. That is, the unification of this island, and prosperity for all. And of course, this new Ireland will be led by a group of like-minded men and women who follow those lofty ideals. They wait patiently for the day to arrive, and with our help, that day is about to dawn. Oh, that was my dearest wish. But it was so long ago, and I grew weary. To think that it might eventually happen, and with my help, you say? It is so, madame. We cannot carry out our illustrious task without your participation. We are in need of your expert skills. But time is of the essence. We must make an expedition with haste. Where must this lead us, Mr. Monsieur de Fornicate? Why, to no greater place than that seat of ancient Irish rulership itself. That hallowed fortress which stood unchallenged for millennia, where kings reigned and kept safe this land of their noble people. Yes, you have guessed it, Madame Morgan McBride, for I can see the recognition in your eyes. Tara? You are taking me to Tara? Oh, monsieur, let us be on our way, I beg you. You're nothing but a dirty schlieving de fornicate. When are you going to tell that old biddy that you're only bringing her to Tara so you can squeeze her for info about the Ark of the Covenant? Huh? want at this hour tonight? I'm called Dr. Bullets be some, missus. And you're the medium that was with the professor and Marion in the graveyard earlier tonight. Amn't I right? Maybe I am and maybe I amn't. What's it to you anyway? Professor de Fornicate instructed me to be on guard with Josephine and watch out for anybody following after yous in the boneyard. I was to signal by beeping Josephine's horn if that happened. Look, Mr. Bullets, th- that has nothing to do with me. And, and who's Josephine? That's Josephine, parked at the curb. She's the professor's motorbike. Uh, I suppose it's very nice, if that's the right word for a motorbike. But why are you showing it to me? I... I got uneasy when the police showed up. Then I knew something was wrong when they put you in the squad car. Squad car? Yes, missus. The police brought you home in a squad car earlier, and I followed to see where you lived. You were very fuzzy looking at the time. 
I don't remember any police car. I don't remember much of anything if the truth be told. Marion and the Professor never came out of the graveyard and I need you to help me find them. So I came to collect you. You'll be comfortable in the sidecar. What? Am I hearing things? You want me to go with you on that? You're not well in the head, mister. Do you know that? I've got to find out where the Professor has gone, missus. I think him and Marion might be in big trouble. What, what kind of trouble? Not that it's any of my business, mind. I was only doing the poor girl a favour, be going along to Glass and Evan to help with a seance. Or so I thought. More fool me. Oh, I'm not the better the shock of hearing that French fella spouting some sort of spell. And then the mist coming up out of the ground and all the moaning and groaning. Oh, that's all I remember. Do you know where they might have gone, missus? I'm very worried. A reading? Uh, that's what you came for. Well, why didn't you say so in the first place? Or maybe the crystal ball might be better option than the tarot cards. Madam Dinah Fox, that's me by the way, is renowned the length and breadth of Dublin for her accuracy with the scrying glass. Come in. There's no time for all that. The Professor and Marion could this very instance be in peril of their lives. Wait a second. Were you in that radio station with Marion? That phlegm place? Did she say anything to you about herself and the Professor? Here. He's an odd sort, that Henry. I can't make out him at all. But I got emanations off him. Oh, yeah. Very powerful they were. He's up to something. And he's not telling what it is. You mark my words. I'm going to the radio station. Maybe someone there will help me if you won't. I can't bear the thought of any harm coming to Miss Marion, so I can't. Hold on a second, will you? I didn't say I wouldn't help. I don't want to see any harm coming to the poor girl either. I feel sort of responsible for her somehow, though I'm not sure why. You'll have to come in and wait for me to get dressed. A lady can't be going out on the back of a big powerful motorbike in our shift now, can she? Here. You remind me of that little fella on the telly. He's in that you know, Game of Thrones. He's a dwarf, a right hoor master, so he is. He's supposed to have a big langer. Ah, sure, that's only make-believe on the television. Well, it's mainly only because of your height you remind me of him. Come on, I'll put the kettle on and you can have a cup while I get ready. It's Good evening, listeners, and welcome to FLM Radio. I'm TCP Crawley, your host of Riveton History. And tonight our studio guests are The Zebra Crossing... Paddy Sean Bond Bjorg Bakulakon Odell and uh, Chicken Man. Oh, you're all very welcome. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the subject of our roundtable discussion is human mutation and evolution. I will now ask the panelists to briefly introduce themselves and tell us something about what they hope to mutate into. Although. In one panel this case, I already have a pretty good idea. Oh, 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 I don't mind going first, if that's all right with the rest of you. So, right then, I'm the Zebra Crossing, uh, and the Z in me name is almost silent, but not quite. Do you scare The Zebra Crossing? I think I should explain for the listeners that two of our guests are dressed in somewhat unusual garb, to say the least. 
and Miss Crossons, or should that be Mr. Crossons? It's Miss. Thank you very much. I'm in transition, if you must know, from the male gender to the female. As if it's not bloody obvious. Very good. Can you now describe for the general public what you are wearing, Miss Crossum? All right, then. Now, what's on me lower half is a pair of real zebra skin trousers. And they're skin tight, as everyone in here can see. Uh, on me feet, I got genuine zebra hooves, what I bought in one of the African food shops in town. They're encased in these gorgeous platform boots, also made of genuine zebra skin. I never take off the, the hooves, by the way, because they're, they're kind of glued to the soles of my feet, and they don't hurt like in the beginning. Me top is, you guessed, zebra skin. Again, it's worn really tight to me body. The whole outfit just gives me the, the feeling of being inside a zebra. Oh yeah, and me hair is made of zebra mane. But yous probably guessed that too, didn't yous? And these black and white stripes on me face aren't makeup. They are tattoos. How cool is that? What? And the name, the zebra crossing? That's me real name. I changed it by deed Powell a couple of years ago. Bleeding right I did. I was worried someone else might get to it get to do it before me. As far as I know, I'm the only zebra crossing in the whole world. I can see where you're coming from on a certain level with that viewpoint. But do you believe, Miss Crossan, that it is actually possible for a human being to become a zebra? To to mutate into one? What? Like a real one? Yeah, I think I'll wake up some morning and feel like I have a real zebra's head on me. And hopefully it won't be from all the exotic cocktails I downed the night before. <laughs> but look, all I know is that they're beautiful, wild, untamed animals and they don't let humans ride them, if you get me meaning. Maybe in circuses they do, but I wouldn't go next to near one of them places if you paid me. And here, no one's putting a saddle on me either, or riding me bareback. <laughs> I'm curious, as I'm sure most of our listeners are, Miss Crossan, to know what your occupation is. Uh, does it mirror your uh, look and rather outgoing personality? Would I be correct in thinking that you're in the entertainment industry? I only wish, no. I'm in the contact cleaning industry, hovering and dusting offices. A girl has to eat, right? But I'm doing two evening courses at night in the local community centre. Doll making is one, and the other one is jewellery. I'm going to bring out my own zebra crossing doll, as well as a range of zebra-themed jewellery, and sell them on the internet. Well, that sounds like a very interesting business idea. Uh, thank you for sharing those fascinating insights with us on this programme. Well, <clears throat> we'll just go to a very short break, after which we'll hear from our next guest... You're listening to Riveton History with me, T.C.P. Crawley. It's Riveton History. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're back on air. Welcome back to the programme with me, T.C.P. Crawley, your presenter on Riveton History. We're going to hear from my next guest, Paddy Sean Bond Vyogba Kulakan O'Dell. And you're welcome to the programme, Mr. O'Dell. Ah, the cook would call me Paddy, for she's what I'm known as the length and breadth of the country. 
Right, so, Paddy, uh, tell us about what you're wearing on, th- on the show tonight. Uh, well, I start at the top or the bottom, TCP. Actually, I tell the listeners what I've got on my feet, so. I, well, I'm wearing patent leather hornpipe shoes, size 10, with shiny silver buckles. But uh, they've got football boot studs screwed into the soles, like. And I'm also wearing football socks, which are my local club colours. Next. I've got the bottom half of an Irish dancing costume. Twas made specially for me by the woman who makes all the dancing costumes for the Colleen in a Goyle dancing school down home. As you can see, I'm wearing a hurling jersey. Again, the local club colours. I think there's a nice contrast with the dancing costume. It does blend well with the Celtic motif patterns. It's only gorgeous on you, Paddy. Massive all together. Please continue, Paddy. Well, I'm wearing on me head what you should recognise as an Irish dancing wig, complete with ringlets, especially made for a snug fit. Next, I've got on a hurling helmet which has a silver tiara stuck on top. Intriguing, Paddy. Quite intriguing. And you've brought along a curious item on the show. I have, TCP. I have right enough. Tis a musical instrument, which is basically a hurley which I've adapted. It's got strings and can be strummed like a guitar, but the sound is a bit different, that's all. Tell us what your occupation is, Paddy. I'm, uh, we're dying to find out, I'm sure. It's what was known in the old days as a bard. I travel the countryside from town to village, stopping off to regale the local populace with stories and rhymes. I've married the rhymes with the Shandor style, and they're all my own work, do you understand? The musical instrument is really only for atmospherics. Perhaps you'd like to give us a recitation party, a quick blast of something. Uh, I, I will so. Uh, but I'll have to do a scatter on the floor at the same time to beat out the rhythm, so to speak. <laughs> I travel round from town to town, skittily idle dare, oh, children under the sea become the thick of a crazy queer, oh, young men often call me names, they happen to date again, tranny, when Gaddy asks me who I am, I say, Michael Fatty's grandy, skittily idle do, da do, da de, got a market! Go on, you good team! That was bleeding great, Patty! You should be on the X Factor! Thank you, Paddy. Very different, to say the least. We'll move on quickly, I think. My next guest is Mr. Chicken. Is that correct? Are you taking the piss or what? Your name's not Chicken. Don't call me Chicken. But that's what it says here on my intro notes. Chicken Man. That's not my name. That's my story. Are you stupid or what? Okay, okay. Uh, Maybe we should start again. So, sir... Would you like to tell the listeners your name, please? No. I don't want people pointing me out in the street. I'm not like these pair of whatever the bleeding hell they are. Hold on there a minute, you! What do you mean by that? Oh, that's exactly the kind of thing I have to put up with, Zebra. (laughs) Only worse. (laughs) I'm not going around dressed up in ridiculous-looking costumes to try and get a bit of notice. I'm not pretending that I'm going to be a mutant. I am a bleeding mutant. I'm half chicken from the stomach down. And look, wait till I get off me hat. There. 
See? Oh. Bet you's never saw the like of that before. That's a real coxcomb on me head. Oh, oh, oh that's very strange, Miss Mr. Uh... Told you already. No names. No pack drill. Get me. Right, uh, do you want to show us what's below your trousers? No, no, wait. That might not be a very good idea. Perhaps we might just see your legs instead? Yeah, okay. Give us a minute. After release me feet from these Wellington boots. They're trussed up inside them. Says I can go out in the street like a normal human. That's why I'm on the crutches. So, sir, uh, how did you find yourself in this bizarre situation? Is it hereditary? Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, of course it isn't. How silly of me. There, there yes are. Genuine outsized chicken feet, claws and all. This is what I get for working in a laboratory. Oh, for the love of Jesus! That's a horrible look. Keep him away from, from me, you, you <laughs> Don't come any closer. Keep back now. Keep back now or you'll feel the weight of me. Holy stick across your head. Oh, somebody needs to call 999. Oh, what are you I'm getting fucking out of here. This is a weird radio station. That's right, Paddy. Keep him at bay. With the whole thing we get out. Oh, Jesus. That's it. That's all we have time for on Riveting History. We'll be back the same time next week. Good night. Take down the fucking mic, for you for God's sake. We're still on the air, but Jesus sake. It's Riveting History. Will you please restrain yourself, Cody, for goodness sake? And stop brandishing that hurdy at the poor man. Just let him go on his way, can't you? Jesus, but he frightened the shite out of me with them fucking legs on him and that disgusting pink thing flapping on his head. You never said it to a word, Paddy. Gruesome it was. Proper gruesome. There should be a law against letting the likes of him out on the streets to mix with ordinary people. I'm not the better of it. And I don't expect to be for a long time. I'm going to have to pay me doctor a visit and get a prescription for some tranquilizers. And yous, yous, and your fucking Mickey Mouse radio station. Yous haven't heard the last of this ever crossing, because the very first thing I'm doing in the morning is going to me solicitor after I see me doctor. Come on, Paddy, let's you and me go and get a few large brandies down us for the shock. Oh, good idea, Zebra. But Jesus, there's a rhyme to come out of this, though. Oh, let me see now. What goes with chicken legs? Chips, Paddy. Have a good gander around the corner and see if your man has gone up the street, will you? If I see them legs of his again, I'd vomit. Was he a, a laboratory guinea pig, do you think? Uh, I'd say he'd be more of a laboratory guinea fowl, Zebra. <laughs> Skating on very thin ice right now, Crawley. This isn't the first time you've caused trouble in the station, is it? This is the third time, in fact. You keep bringing all these weirdos into the place and let them run amok on a live radio programme. I heard your woman, man or whatever he, she is, talking about solicitors. If that happens, you're out on your ear. 
Gone. But Sandra, I, I've got a world exclusive in the pipeline. It's going to catapult us, I mean FLM, onto the world stage. Don't let this little storm in the teacup spoil things between you and me. It'll blow over, honest. You don't get to plumose me with that old shite. You're only interested in your career taking off. Ah, hello TCP, is a, do you remember me? Dinah Fox, I was on your programme recently. I certainly remember her. There was trouble that time too. If she's here to threaten legal action, Crawley, you can fuck off out the door and don't ever return. Ah, yes, Madam Dinah the medium. Can I help you, ma'am? There's no problem, is there? Ah, well, yeah, there is, son. Me, me little friend Mr Bullets here is after losing the professor and that young one, Marion, she was on the programme with me and, and the German fella, Mr Bullets, said we might find out where they went if we came down here and asked you. Professor Dick Fornicator and Marion are missing, you say? No, I'm not saying they're missing. He is, aren't you, Mr Bullets? And he's worried about the girl. The professor would never deliberately put Marion at risk. No way. So you don't know where they are then? I haven't seen or heard from Marion since the night of that programme. You spent time with her after the fainting spell, remember? Both of you then left here together. Oh, the fainting spell? Remember? Yeah, now I remember. Oh, it's all coming back to me. Come on, duck me old China. Let's get on that motorbike revved up. And this time, I'm sitting on the pillion behind you. You can keep your flaming sidecar... Duck and Dinah, let's hit the road! Oh, God. Groundhog Day. We're back where all the trouble started in the first place. One minute I'm in glass Nevin, and a few seconds later I'm on the hill of Tara. Oh, I feel all horrible inside. I felt as though I was experienced part of that Elwyn Maud's life. I was looking through her eyes and thinking her thoughts. What a camphor balls. That came into me head, and then... I smelled something faintly aromatic and then I smelled denture fixative and piss. Oh, gee. Oh, we travelled on the astral plane, Marianne. You and Madame Maud are connected. Don't forget, your DNA mingled with hers in the inner space, as did mine. But you felt the connection with her more acutely. I hope it's not permanent. And the only fucking plane I'm interested in has an inner space and belongs to Aer Lingus or Ryanair. It's a golden dawn, Marianne. Its great cipher manuscripts contains the knowledge of how to conduct the proper magic. Only certain few individuals have had the wonderful privilege of learning their secrets. If all goes to plan, we will shortly bear witness to a true golden dawn. That sounds like something you'd have on toast. I'm bleeding, starving and cold. Look, Marianne, the sun will begin to peep over the horizon very soon now. 
We must get into position in front of the mound of ostriches. Come, Madame Maud. The moment is at hand. You too, Marianne. The three of us must join hands and direct our powers together. I don't want to. I'm scared. Same as I was the first time we were here. Take my hand, dear. I too felt the bond between us as we passed through each other. I knew what it is you left behind in this enchanted place and why you did so. I also once gave away a precious jewel so that others would not have to sleep in the cold and rain. An act of selflessness does not go unrewarded. I don't believe that part of you has been lost for doing a good deed. Look, I'm sorry for mentioning about the false teeth and the pee. You only experienced my essence as an old woman, Marion. You would have been surprised if you could have had those few moments when I was a young girl like you. Oh, and camphor is a substance used in insect repellents. Mothballs, they used to be called. Not a lot of people know that, eh? The sun rises. Make ready, madame. We must begin our shunt. You do look a little like her, you know. The actress. What? You mean Marilyn? Your hair. It reminded me and I remembered. Oh, you must have seen her in the films when you were alive. No, I met her once. Wow. When was that, Maud? In the other realm, where actors sometimes go when they leave their mortal selves behind. I was an actress too for a while, you see, and could visit that place off and on. I scolded her for leaving the way she did. She said it was an accident. Then she battered her eyelashes at Clark Gable and said, Poop, poop, be doo. Here, do you know that Henry is just using you for his own ends, Maud? He is a Frenchman. I know the French, my dear. Rose, rube, torre, crucis. Rose, rube, torre, crucis. Rose, chant, can't you, madame? The sun is up. Christ, what's that? Oh, God, fuck tonight, what's happening? Oh, something's coming out. Look, shapes are forming. Oh, jeez. Quilly, darling, it's you at last. I look forward to hearing you recite wonderful poems again. But of course you're not alone, for I summoned others also. Ah, bonjour, Lucien, mon amour. Give me a kiss, won't you? Why, I believe you've gotten thinner, if that's possible. And yes, you are here too, MacBride, you scoundrel. Well, I couldn't leave you out of things, even though being married to you was horrendous. But I have a forgiving nature, as you all are aware. Madame Maud, if we may continue... And you, Professor Henry de Fornicate, you self-seeking, vain man. You are a bit of a rogue, are you not? But I cannot say I blame you for bringing me here on false pretenses. The Ark of the Covenant would be a great prize indeed for whoever might discover it. However, it shall not be you, alas. But, Madame Maud, a great quest... The reunification of Ireland. Because it is not here. Marianne, 
Your vision showed it to you. No, Henry. The vision only spoke of a legend. I saw no ark. But the expedition by the British Israelites in 1899. They dug up half the hill. And found nothing, because they were digging up the wrong hill. But thank you, Henri, for allowing me to use your powers to reconnect with my old comrades. I could not have accomplished it without you. Uh, wrong hill? Where? Tara Hill, in County Wexford, near Gorey. It is called a marlin, of all things, because it has a prominence of at least 150 metres. The name was coined as a humorous contrast to the designated Munro, which, of course, is what a Scottish mountain is styled if it has a height of more than 3,000 feet. Marlin Munro. Curious, is it not? Come, boys, we've lots of catching up to do. Through the portal we go. Give us a poem, William Butler Yeats. Hey, hey, look, it's Dr. Bullet. And is that diner hanging out of the back of him? Jeez, he's got himself a girlfriend by the look of it. We've got a proper lift home at last, what? And isn't the sunshine beautiful? Hey, looks like you got your golden dawn after all, Henry. You've been listening to a Near Drama Company production of Riveting History by Pat Mean. Henri de Fornicate was played by Michael Sharp. Marion Monroe was Mary McNamara. Maud Gone was Adrian Murphy. Dina was Carol Dempsey. Duck the Bullets was Frank Avocado O'Connor. TCP Crawley was Joe Murphy. The Zebra Crossing was Peter Pryor. Paddy Shanban Biog McCoolacon O'Dell was Michael Sharp. Chicken Man was Frank Avocado O'Connor. Sandra was Rebecca Blomfield. The play was directed by Declan Cottle, production assistant Deborah Gaffney. This programme was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee.